Hey, welcome back to This Week in Carnival. I'm your host, Buxy, your favorite micro-influencer with seven adoring fans and self-proclaimed Rio de Janeiro Carnival Analyst. Thanks for joining again. And I just want to kick this off by really showing my appreciation and saying thank you to everyone who sent a kind note who has asked a question. Um, You all are really sliding in my DMs and I'm loving every moment of it. I'm learning so much from everyone else and it's really, really touching to hear and read the really kind words that you all have been sharing with me. And I also really wanna give a special thank you and shout out to my donors who will remain nameless because the podcast site that I use does not tell me who the donors are. And as a former fundraising professional, the fact that I am not able to steward appropriately is killing me. So please accept my sincere appreciation. And of course, donations are not expected or required, but I am grateful and I'm thinking through how I want to use it. Right now, some ideas that are floating through my mind is maybe I can transcribe these podcasts and then translate them into Portuguese. So at least if someone doesn't speak English, they can at least read what I'm talking about. So that's one option. And then I eventually want to get some really cool talent on here to tell the story of Carnival and Samba from their point of view, directly from Rio. And it would be nice to be able to offer them compensation for their time talking to me and sharing their knowledge with us. It may not be a ton of money, maybe a humble donation, but maybe that's something that I can offer these professionals in the future. So that's how I'm thinking about the donations. As soon as I figure out which direction I'm gonna go, you all will be the first to know. So again, thank you for that. All right, now it's time for some breaking news and let me know if you like this sound that I'm putting in here, I'm testing it out. But anyway, so far in the past two weeks, we've gotten some updates on Samba and Herdu, the final two schools who refused to give me the information before I did the last episode. They finally announced it. So let's talk about that really quickly. So Vila Isabel and Mosi Daji are my two delinquents, but we love them. And Vila Isabel's theme is going to be Nessa Festa Eu Levo Fe, which means for this festival, I bring faith. And they are going to pay homage to all the festivals throughout various cultures, time periods, religions, reasons like birth, death, joy, all of that um, throughout history, which I had a feeling that was gonna be the case given the art design. And I'm excited for it. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. One cool thing in the synopsis about their theme that they released and Just as a reminder, they released the synopsis in part so we all know what's going on, but also so the composers can compose the sambas that they want to submit for a competition to hopefully be selected. So in the synopsis, they mentioned like a lot of different festivals. It's really cool. You can look it up and read it. Um, But one thing that really excited me is that I thought that they were going to talk about Mardi Gras from New Orleans, and they didn't but they talked about New Orleans and what they chose to highlight was the second line marches that are connected to funerals down there 
And second lines are something that I love. They do it in times of joy and times of sorrow. Like go down a rabbit hole of New Orleans second line on YouTube. And especially if you're a Samba lover, you will see connections to just the ritual. It's not exactly the same, but there is a connection. And that's one thing that is unspoken or maybe unrealized, but I've noticed and I definitely chatted about it with some folks who are familiar with both Samba and New Orleans. Rio and New Orleans, they they are like sisters that never met and they just don't know that they share the same daddy. That's how I feel about it. Anyway, getting off track. I love the idea that Villa Isabel is about to bring to Sapakai in 2023. However, I will say that this idea is grand and this past year I saw firsthand what this particular carnivalesco, how his ideas are really, really amazing. And I feel strongly that his amazing ideas require precision and execution in order for it to go off well and if there is a hiccup it just becomes a domino effect so I am praying that Vila Isabel is prepared and has all of the resources necessary to execute this because if they do it well I think it could be really really beautiful and powerful so I'm paying close attention to Vila Isabel this year and so moving on to Mosi Daji they've announced their theme and it's titled Teja de Meo Seu, Estrelas de Meo Shao, which means Earth of My Sky, Stars of My Floor. And they will be talking about an area in the northeast of Brazil called Alto Gemoro, which is considered the largest center of figurative art by UNESCO. And it's home to many clay artisans, including a very famous one named Maestre Vidalino who helped to foster this community out there uh, and they're known to be really, really supportive artists. So while I was reading about it and trying to understand, um, it was said that Maestre Vitalino once said that the world is for everyone and everyone deserves to live. And so I have a gut feeling that maybe that sentence that saying is going to be bred into the theme and what Mosidaji plans to bring to Sapakai. Um, and so I'm looking forward to seeing that as well. Now to close out the breaking news section, let's just talk about where we are on the 2023 carnival timeline. So most, if not all, schools are starting to receive their submissions by composers for the Samba in Herdu, the actual song that they will be singing. So what does this look like? As I mentioned, they've all shared their theme and then they announced the synopsis, which is a detailed version of the story they want to tell. And depending on the school, they may have a meeting at the Quadra or however they plan to do it. But everyone who is interested in composing a song will go and learn more about the synopsis. I guess they, that's where they can ask questions and get questions answered. And from that point, they go back, they compose songs, and they submit them for consideration. So that's where we are right now. We're still in the submission phase. We're still, for some schools, they're still in the synopsis phase. It really depends where the school is in their planning. But 
two big examples that we can look to now if you are curious is Portela and Mangetta. So both Portela and Mangetta had their meeting with the interested composers and they've received their submissions. And from what I've been reading so far, Portela has about 25 submissions and Mangetta has 30. Both schools have uploaded each song that's been submitted to their YouTube page where we as a community can go and listen to every song. And that's pretty cool because for me, I always try and figure out which song is gonna win. I fail consistently. So one day I would love to learn like what is the criteria for selection and how that process goes because the ones that I'm into are not the ones that tend to get picked. And then of course you have to remember this is like, what's the comparison? I forgot what they call it. But like when writers write a song for an artist, this is the version that is handed to Beyonce. This is not how Beyonce is gonna sing it, if that makes sense. So we get to see all of the, the sample versions, I guess that's what they're called, of the songs. But it's really cool. The other day I sat down and I listened to all of the Mangetta ones. Um, took some breaks in between because they're like eight minutes each but there's some really really cool ones and it's nice to see how composers are thinking about the theme and what they're bringing to the table so maybe tomorrow I'm gonna step into the world of Portela and listen to what they got going on over there but that's where we are and you can engage in this process too because they put it on a YouTube channel and the comments are usually where you get to see how people are feeling about it so you know if you wanted to do some research you can kind of see which songs have the most views and the most comments and that may or may not tell you how excited the community is about a particular song so check it out and let me know what you think and if you have a submission that you're into and it's you know making your hips move let me know i'd be very very curious all right let's get started on this week's topic which is part two of the two-part series of the Escola de Samba of Rio. And also, this is a great opportunity for me to acknowledge that when I say Rio, I'm pronouncing it in English with the R of R. And if I'm pronouncing it in Portuguese, the R sounds like an H, and so it should be Rio de Janeiro. God is still working on me in my Portuguese, so let's, let's move past it. Anyway, before we get started, just wanted to acknowledge a couple of things about the Siri Oro group of schools. So even though these schools participate in Carnival and Sapakai, they may have not won Carioca Carnival ever. In fact, out of the next 14 schools we're going to talk about, only one has ever won and they've only won it once. And that is the reality. Just because a school has not won the big carnival title doesn't mean that they are any less valuable or have any less experience or has less of a history than the Grupo Especial. So we also have to keep in mind that these schools, in order to get to City Oro or Grupo Especial, they fought some battles down in Division Two, Division Three to get where they are. So they're fighters and their success does not need to be diminished in any way. I would actually argue that the competition is bigger in City Oro, City Prato, like Division 2, 3, because there is so much more at stake with, in a lot of cases, less resources available. 
So the schools that have made it here deserve to be praised. And the schools that get out of this group and go to Grupo Especial, they deserve their props too. And the schools that are demoted from this group deserve respect as well. At the end, we'll talk about the two schools that were demoted last year, but it doesn't mean that they are not worthy in their communities and to the world of Samba. So just wanted to point that out and really stress we should be paying attention to all of these schools and giving the same respect and care to this particular group as well. All right, so let's get started. Siri Oru, or D2, will be parading Friday and Saturday, February 17th and 18th, 2023. So they actually parade before Grupo Especial. And the first school that is opening the parade on February 17th is Ahanco do Ingenio de Dentro. And it's located in the area Ingenio de Dentro, but mostly referred to, the school is mostly referred to as Ahanco. And they were founded on March 21st of 1973, and that makes them about 49 years old. Their school colors are blue and white, and their madrina is Portela. I'm just going to say now that Portela is going to be a running theme in this episode and you'll see why. And so they are opening on Friday because they were promoted from City Prato, which is the Silver Series or Division 3 earlier this year. So both schools that were promoted will open on both days. And 2023 will be the first time that they're returning to Sapakai as part of the Gold Series in several years with the last time they were there was 2007. And they just based off of looking, honestly, looking at Wikipedia and and seeing the rankings for each carnival, they spent a lot of time in the third and fourth division. So they're working their way back up. And I actually had the opportunity to visit this school. It was really nice. My friend Heather, hey, hey, Chinya, was the hyena jabateria, this most recent carnival, and she looked amazing. And so we were able to go to the school and experience a bit of their community. And that's also where I was able to see one of the musos, and he is fantastic. He, according to social media, he has been promoted to the high d'escola, so the king of the school, and he looks great. <laughs> He's a great dancer. And from what I can see on Instagram, they look like they're ready to come out strong this year. So I'm excited to see what they'll bring to the table. And their 2023 plot is titled Ze Espinguela Chao de Meo Tejero. And Ze is a person, and Chao do Meo Tejero, it means floor of my Tejero. And a Tejero is like where religious ceremonies took place or takes place. And Zay is the founder of Manguera. He also is a journalist, a Pai de Santo, and of course a Sambista. And the location where Ahanko is currently located, the Quadra, is actually also the place where it was a Tejero in 1929. And it was the location for the first Samba dispute between Samba schools. So they're paying homage to him and the location. So that should be really interesting. I'm looking forward to that. And second up, we have Sociedade Recreativa Escola de Samba Lins Imperial. 
and they are more regularly known as Linz or Linz Imperial. And they are also located in the north zone of Linz G. Vasconcelos. And they were founded on March 7th, 1963. So that makes them 59 years old. And I have to say, this is where, like, in looking up the information for each of these schools, I am, I'm not going to call it ignorance because how would I know? But it is a little, like, shocking. Like, I assume some of these schools are younger than they are. And Linz is absolutely one of them. And to be honest, I learned about Linz because a lot of the Padrosas, the lovely women that I danced with through Alex Cuccino, a bunch of them were Musas this year with the school and they were beautiful. And so that's when I got to learn a little bit about the school, but I was just like, oh, there's another school that's the exact same colors as Mangata. Maybe they're like baby Mangata. Like I had no idea that they were pushing 60. Wow. So, as I mentioned, yes, they have the same colors as Mangata, so green and pink. And why? Well, it turns out their madrina is Mangata. Surprise, surprise. But I do have a plot twist. This school has two madrinas, and I would love to learn the history about how this came about and why and just all of that. So their second madrina is none other than Salguero. So got some big names and some big colors. And based off of my internet sleuthing, Linz, like many schools, was the result of past mergers. So in this case, the schools were Filios do Deserto, which was founded in 1933, and Flor do Linz, which was founded in 1946. And both of those schools had pink and green as their colors. So when they merged, they was just like, let's not throw the baby out with the bath water. Let's just keep it. And this school was actually in a special group, Grupo Special D1, back in 1990 and 1991. I also learned that 2022 was the first time that they were back in Sapakai since 2008. And so that makes a lot of sense as to why I wasn't super familiar with it because my introduction into this world is fairly recent. So... I've gone back and watched some older parades, sure, but I have not gone back to 2008. I'll be very honest there. So that is Linz. They have not announced their plot yet that I have seen. Another moment, another special note. It's as though these schools don't realize that I am doing a podcast how dare they not announce their themes? How am I supposed to inform the people if I don't have the information? That is me being very, very dramatic. I am confident that as soon as this podcast episode is uploaded, every school that I have on my list that says TBD will announce their theme. So stay tuned. The third school on that night will be Academicos G. Vigario Girao, and we tend to just call them Vigario or Vigario Jirao. And they are located in the area of Vigario Jirao. <laughs> and they are actually a younger school. So they were founded on March 13th of 1991. And they're a tricolor school with their colors being red, white, and blue. And their madrina is Yunao de Elia do Governador, 
which we will get to. So yeah, they are a pretty young school and they originated as a blocko like many of the schools. And this past carnival, a few of my friends paraded with them and they all looked great. So shout out to you, Danny and Ashley and Ingrid. Y'all all looked beautiful. And since inception, they spent a lot of time in division three, division four of the carnival circuit. 2020 was their first year back in Sapokai since 1991. So it's really cool reading about these schools. And, and remember, like I said earlier, like they, they were fighting. They were fighting because you're fighting to get out of your division to, to move up another division. And it's very rare that I think a school like bangs it out the park every year and moves up quickly. You know, you may stay in a particular division for a couple of years. So, yes. So 1999 was the last time they were in Sapakai. And their 2022 parade, they had a really cool in hairdo, in my opinion. Um, they told the story of Little Africa, which is an area in Rio with a lot of history connected to the slave ports, the Quilombos. And a Quilombo is communities that were built and organized by fugitive slaves. So they talked about all of that history. So the song is really beautiful and the parade was cool and my friends looked great so you can go check them out on YouTube. And similar to Lynn's, we don't know what the theme is going to be for 2023 so let's stay tuned and as soon as I know, I mean we will all know because it'll be all be on Instagram but I'll share it in my stories. So the fourth school that night is Estacio de Sa, more affectionately known as Estacio. And they are located in the area of Estacio, which is also in the northern part of Rio. And we may spend a little more time here on this school because there's a lot of history and it's interesting, in my opinion. So they were founded on February 27th, 1955, and their colors are red and white. Estacio is the only school in this group that has a Carioca Carnival title under their belt. And that was back in 1992, just to let you know. And they are actually a school that doesn't have a madrina, but we're going to talk about their history. So where do we begin? So Estacio is known as the Cradle of Samba, and they consider themselves to be directly descendant of what is considered to be the first Samba school and that was called Desha Fela. So if you remember from last episode, the, the name Desha Fela came up and I was like, well, we'll come back to it. This is us coming back to it. So Desha Fela was created in the 20s and they were known for revolutionizing how blockos were parading at the time. And they were also the first to call themselves an Asama school. And apparently what made them distinct, according to my internet Googles, is that they allowed their participants to dance during the evolution of the components, um, which likely really resembled what a parade looks like now. So that was different from what was happening back then. And apparently in 1932, there was a huge disagreement after the parade, which led to the school being disbanded and the members joined surrounding schools in the neighborhood. You know, there's 
always somebody trying to break up the family. No one wins when the family feuds, right? That's that's what Beyonce and Jay-Z told us. Anyway, so similar to the story of Salguero from last week, the schools of this particular community just weren't strong enough to challenge the trio that were dominating the carnival parades at the time. And at this particular time, the trio that was dominating was Imperio Sahano, Portela, and Mangueta. And the people of the Estacio community were sick of their shit and just needed to figure out a way to break into what was happening and hopefully get a win. And so they banded together and that's what gets us to Estacio. So Estacio was originally called Unidos de Sao Carlos and that was founded in 1955. So that's why like, okay, their founding date is 1955, but as you can see, their history dates very far back um, to the 20s. But anyway, um, and so they were founded in 1955 through a merger of three schools. And those three schools were Cada Años Saye Mayor, Hecreu G. Sao Carlos, and Paraíso das Morenas. About 10 years after that merger, they changed the name to Estacio de Sa, and it was to represent the greater community um, than what those three particular schools represented. Like each of those schools represented a smaller community within the greater Estacio de Sa. Oh, they also were founded with the colors of blue and white, but they changed it to red and white along with the name to pay homage to Deshafela, who they consider their ancestor. And similar to Portela and Beja Flor, when you see an Estacio parade, you will see a lion at some point. There's always a lion on a float somewhere. So Portela has the eagle, Beja Flor has the hummingbird, Estacio has the lion. And they also have a lion painted on the floor of their quadra. The lion is on their flag. And apparently the lion is paying is also paying homage to Deshafela. So they are definitely one of the older schools and they spent a lot of time in Grupo Especial. And 2020 was their return to the Gold Series, unfortunately. They had a win in 2019 that brought them back up to Grupo Especial, but they dropped down in 2020 and they are remaining in the gold series for 2022 and 2023 so we will see what what happens another fun fact is um on the samba dancer side so there is a pasista she was a pasista for salguero her name is larice and she is musa for estacio and she is fan fantastic if y'all don't know her like i'll put a link to her instagram but she is a fantastic dancer and so this year she is now one of the directors of estacio's pasista wing and it looks like she getting them girls together i mean they had talent but you know it looks like she's adding her energy to these dancers and it's been really cool to watch um so let's pay attention to their pasista ala this year at the parade because they're probably going to start looking a little more like Larisse and that is a powerhouse and no idea what the theme is stay tuned so that is Astacio
And I think we're breezing through um, this episode maybe a little more because so many of them haven't announced their themes. But let's see. Coming in at a strong fifth place is Unidos G Padre Miguel, also known as UPM or UPM. And they are located in the west zone of Rio in the area of Padre Miguel, which apparently, depending on who you talk to, the west zone is wild. And they were founded on November 12th of 1957, and their colors are red and white. And their madrina is Vidadoro. I did not know that. That was a fun fact for me. So Padre Miguel spent some time in the special group earlier in their history. But just looking at the trajectory, they found themselves mostly in Division 2, Division 3. And according to the history on their website, uh, the school colors of red and white and their symbol, the red ox, it was chosen with the intention to honor the Bangu factory, which was owned by, and forgive my pronunciation, a Mr. Guilherme da Silveira Filho. And he and his factory donated all of the fabric for the school's parade and also to the Bangu Fuchibol Clubby, whose colors are also red and white. So this school is also really known for their Afro-based inherdus each year. And that rings true because in 2023 oh just kidding this is actually an interesting story so their plot was going to be called ave maria olorum akochi da boa mochi which is ave maria olorum the court of the good death and this is about a Afro-Brazilian matriarchal sisterhood, the Imadaji da Boa Morchi, which has been around since the 1820s. And they honor the Nossa Senhora, who is often represented by Imanja or Yimaya in Candomblé and Umbanda. What's interesting here is that the plot ended up being canceled since the order did not agree with it being used as part of the carnival um, celebration because they are a religious society and they were unsure how the story was going to be told. And so I thought it was really cool that the school decided like, okay, hey, we messed up. We didn't get permission or we, uh, we understand that they don't want to be included in this situation and so they decided to not move forward they apologized publicly and they expressed the importance of telling these stories but paying you know being mindful and respectful of the the subject of the story and so that is very interesting that's something that happened this year so to be determined what their plot is going to be and just reading the comments when they apologized it seemed that the school and the community was very understanding and and I think any of us would understand like because I thought there wasn't going to be a rant but here we are I guess I connected to this particular situation personally because I am sensitive and some may say hypersensitive about this podcast. I'm enjoying sharing all of this information, but I am very mindful that a lot of these stories are not mine to tell and they're not a lot of ours to tell and we should be creating space for 
the actual members of these schools and of the communities to tell the stories. And so I'm just sensitive to it. So the fact that someone, this community, this society said, hey, thanks, but no thanks. I don't know how y'all about to represent me. And we got a good thing going on over here, but we, we appreciate the love. And the school was like, you know what? My bad. I think there's a lesson in that and something that I should a situation come up in the future that I want to be able to emulate like hey I made a mistake my bad you know maybe this is something I shouldn't have spoken about um, without getting clearance or just letting the right person tell their own story so shout out to Padre Miguel also homegirl Regine is a pasista for them and she rides for that school so check out her page I will link it in the show notes penultimate spot for this Friday is the Academicos do Sosego and this is also the moment where I realized earlier I might have said there's 14 schools in this group and boy did I lie to you there's 15 there's a lot so this school more uh, affectionately known as Sosego is located in Largo da Batalha in Niteroi, which is, I think last episode I mentioned, like Rio doesn't have an east zone. Uh, they have a bridge that takes you to another um, area. And so that other area is, the first stop is Niteroi. And that is where Viridoro is located. And they were founded in November 10th of 1969 and their colors are blue and white. And their madrina is Portela. So from the area of Nitroy, there are the three main big schools, which is Viridoro, Cubango, and Sosego. Nitroy had, has its own, or had, I don't remember if they're still having it, but they had their own carnival parade, which these schools participated in, but then they eventually came over um, and participated in the Rio carnival parade and Nitroy has its own rules and things going on over there so they were a blocko for many many years until parading formally as a school and they were founded with red and green as their colors and then they changed it to red and yellow in 1970 and then it finally became blue and white in 1978. I, I will be honest, Sosego is a school that I don't know too much about and I couldn't find a ton of information about. So hopefully that's something that I can learn more about going forward. But I do hear that they are a really, really good school and really kind school. Um, my friend Danny was a Musa for them and she spoke very, very highly of her experience. So that's good news. They did not respect uh, my podcast timeline, so I do not know what their 2023 plot is. Stay tuned. And finally, closing out the first night of parades is Sao Clemente, also known as Sao Clemente. And they are located in the south zone of Rio in the area of Botafogo, which is one of the areas that I stayed in when I was out there, and I, I really enjoyed the area. And they were founded on October 25th, 1961, and their colors are yellow and black. And their Madrina school is Villa Isabel. That was another shocker. No clue. Um, really interesting. So 
in my opinion like in learning about them a lot of the stuff that was written is that sal clemenci is known for being a very fun and like chill school and i think i definitely got that vibe when i went to the quadra and just experienced them it just seemed like a a cool chill school and for some reason well i mean there is a reason i just probably can't articulate it but sal clemenci has like this fan base like they people just love sal clemenci they just for whatever reason i think that's really cool like this is a school that is the Escola de Corazao of many people, and it always blows my mind. So yes, so they are known in general for being a very fun school with good humor in their parades. And their quadra is actually not in Botafogo because that area is a bit more residential. Well, I don't know if that matters, but it's not in Botafogo. It's in Cidade Nova. And it's pretty, it's pretty, it's a pretty big quadra, like, it's a nice size. And they have been parading in Sapakai since Sapakai has been built. And this is a detail that now makes a little sense to me why they behaved the way they did this year. But I'm going to get to that. So they've been parading in Sapakai for a long time. Because I think it was built in like the 50s, 60s. And they are known to be a yo-yo school in that they constantly rise and fall between the special group and the gold group. And with that being said, this past carnival was very interesting because they apparently, <laughs> for Fokada time, they apparently had a theme set out for the year and then unfortunately a very famous actor in brazil passed away and like a beloved actor i i would say the equivalent is i'm not even going to do an equivalent but a very beloved actor passed away and the school decided to honor him as their theme and so they apparently changed their themes midway and they did a I mean it was touching they did a great job the actor is part of the LGBTQI plus community and so it was a very bright and vibrant and and just welcoming accepting parade and unfortunately their parade landed them in the last place in 12th place right below Tucci in the Grupo Especial so there was a lot going on um with Tuichi and Sal Clemenci. So I, this is my humble opinion. I always have to give that disclaimer. So Tuichi had a lot going on. They had one of, just, it still hurts me. One of the best in hairdos, if not the second best. But like, cause you know, I'm still riding for Gran Chihio. And the idea for the parade was really great, but execution, I don't know. But it was still a beautiful parade. And there was just mishaps, like mishap after mishap, where it makes you wonder, like, did someone do a bad spell on this school? Because things just were not clicking. Like Mayara Lima's costume broke, which we'll get to. She also showed up late. There, of course, we had the whole, you know, conversation about the hyena jabateria and and just a lot going on so 
Um, when Mayata's costume broke, the the argument was that you could see her lady bits. And that is one of the things that is not allowed in Rio Carnival. Like, nipples galore, but you cannot see lady bits or male bits. You can't see any bits. However you identify, no bits are to be seen. And so you can go back and try and watch videos. Don't be gross. But there, you know, it's this argument of like, was was she in, indecently exposed or not so that was it was a lot there was points in the parade where she was crying it was just it was a lot and it got messy so what Sal Clemente decided to do because I think they knew as we all knew that they were not gonna land anywhere above the bottom spot and so they filed a complaint or like a lawsuit with the governing body to say like um Mayara like showed her lady bits and you know the school should be deducted points in an effort to get Tuichi in the 12th spot and then um, Sal Clemente in the 11th spot and had that worked they would not be part of this episode they would have been in the last episode they wouldn't have been demoted but um, the whoever looks at these complaints um, ruled that she didn't show her lady bits she actually had on underwear under her costume um, and and so like that complaint was thrown out so when this was all happening in Rio I was like "Ooh, this is messy this is very very messy but I get both sides if you know this is important when you are in a different category your funding might change a little bit and and now Sal Clemente has to battle all of these schools that are hungry to get back into Grupo Especial to win. And are they going to be able to do it? We we will see. So that makes sense to me why there is a strong desire to... I mean, every school has a strong desire to not fall. But maybe Sal Clemente has a bit more of an eagerness because... One, they've been parading in Sapucaí since it was built. And they just don't they're probably tired of going up and going down i can't blame them i can't blame them but it was messy um so we'll see how they decide to fight back in 2023 and their plot in my opinion i think gives some indication that they really are going to try to fight back but they're going to do it in a way of acknowledging who they are who they've always been and sticking to their roots so their plot is called O Ashimento do Velho Mundo and it seems like they're going to be talking about like I said the roots of who they are as a school um, what they've brought to the Carioca Carnival and all of that the I don't think the synopsis has been released yet so I'm not sure but I bet it's going to be fun. And I, hey, you know, I think sometimes when we get knocked down, we come back fighting the hardest we can immediately after. So maybe Sal Clemente will, will rise again rather quickly. And that is Sal Clemente. Okay, now we are moving on to day two. Buckle in. We got eight schools to go. <laughs> Um, opening up day two, Saturday, February 18th, is Yunao G. Jacapigua. And I, that one, 
forever a tongue twister for me. And they are located in Campino. They were founded on November 15th of 1956. And they also were promoted. So they're opening up the second day. So they were promoted from the Silver Series D3 to the Gold Series D2 for 2023. And their colors are green and white. And their madrina is Portella. Um, like many schools, they are a merger of two schools, the two being Corsaos Unidos G Jacapigua and Vice Quisede. So with those schools and supporters of the merger from Salguero, Mangueira, and Portela, this school was formed. And based on my internet Googles, they are a beloved school with a lot of history and it'll be really exciting to welcome them back to Sapakai. Their 2023 theme is Manuel Congo Mariana Triola. Eros da Libidaji no Vale de Café. So translated to Manuel Congo Mariana Criola. Heroes of Liberation in the Valley of Coffee or Café. This was, I kind of, I went into a rabbit hole a little bit about this particular story. And I, this is also another school that I couldn't find too much information about. So I know that it probably lives in these Samba schools and in their quadras, but I pray someone is writing down the history of these schools so that it doesn't vanish somewhere. But anyway, sorry, back to the plot. So yeah, like I said, I went into a little bit of a rabbit hole because um, this is a story I didn't know about, but it sounded very interesting. So this is going they're going to tell the story of an important slave revolt in the 1830s in Rio that was led by alleged lovers Manuel and Mariana and so reading about it online was quite interesting and I recommend you all do so of course the story of slavery and slave revolts is brutal especially in Brazil since it was one of if not the last country to end slavery in its borders and Let's not talk about how brutal historically Portuguese slave traders and just slave trade in general. The Portuguese were known to be the cruelest of all of the importers of and owners of slaves. Um, and that is a documented fact. You all can go look it up. Don't get mad at me. Don't argue with me. Argue with someone else. And we see the threads of it in the historical stories of Brazil and slavery. And, and even in North America, you know, if you have a chance to go to the Smithsonian African American History Museum in D.C., they absolutely also talk about the Portuguese impact on slavery as well. So a very small country had a lot of impact on slavery. Very interesting stuff. Well, not... Interesting is the wrong word. My dear friend Chloe makes fun of me. She says, when I say the word interesting, I mean bad. She may be onto something. Anyway, so that's what they're going to talk about. And I'm, I'm excited to see how this manifests. So that is the school. And if you've been keeping track, Portella has a lot of children. And let's see how many more they have. Next up in the second spot is Unidos da Ponchi. And I, I don't know if they have a shorter name. Maybe they're just known as Ponchi. No, I think they're, I think this school, everyone says Unidos da Ponchi, but I could be wrong. And so United of the Bridge. <laughs> um, and they're located in Sao Mateos. 
So, you know, for all of our biblical people, that's St. Matthew. And they were founded on November 3rd, 1952. And their school colors, they are a tricolor school as well. And their school colors are navy, indigo, and white. That's, I think that's the first school that I'm seeing with the color indigo. And their madrina is Mangueta. This was also another school that I couldn't find a ton of information about, but they participated in a special group about 10 times over the course of their history. But it really seems that they've spent the majority of their time in the lower divisions. And so they're working their way back up. Their 2023 plot is Ancestral de My Menezinha da so unleash our sacred the ancestral legacy of mother little girl of Oshun. and so i had to fall in a little bit of a rabbit hole of what this is about and what this means and so they will be telling the story of my meningenia or mother meningenia um, and her struggle that lasted over three decades to free a collection of sacred objects that was in the possession of the Civil Police Museum and then was transferred to the Museum of the Republic. So her, along with other religious leaders, they led a campaign for the release of these objects. And before her, her maternal grandmother, uh, the name is Ia Javina G. Omolu really spoke to the importance of releasing sacred objects seized in police raids, which often took place during the past. And I think we can all connect with this. This this should be a very interesting story that they're going to tell because it's very common, right? Like when we, we love museums, but when we think about it, oftentimes the museums are housing artifacts and objects that are stolen and do not belong to them. You know, we travel to a museum and we see some ancient African artifacts or we see an Egyptian tomb, you know, like none of these really belong to these museums. And you can make an argument that they were donated, but donated by who? Who's part of these conversations? Who was at the table when these decisions are being made and how were these artifacts originally obtained or stolen you know if we think back on the black panther movie that whole scene i mean he was you know he was the villain but he had some points around just like where do you think this stuff came from in these museums you know again in my desire to make connections to brazil to carnival to history and that we are not that different and when I say we, particularly black Americans, anyone of African descent, we have shared trauma, shared struggles that transcend generations. But when you hear stories, they're very similar. So this is not an uncommon story. And we will get to see it on the Avenida honoring like this woman and the release of these things. But if anything, it should inspire other people to get the release of some other things that may not belong to 
the people who currently house them. And on that note, we will move on to the next school. So the third school that night is Unidos Jibangu, and they are located in the West Zone, uh, similar to Unidos Jipaje Miguel in the area of Bangu. And they were founded on November 15th, 1937. And they are absolutely a school that I did not realize was as old as it is. So they're 84 years old. And their colors are red and white. And they don't have a madrina. However, they are a madrina escola themselves. So they are known for being the oldest school in the West Zone. And as I mentioned, they don't have a godmother, a madrina but they are the madrina of Academicos G. Santa Cruz, which is a school that was demoted down this most recent carnival. And demoted, regulated, I guess regulated is the nicer way to say it. So Bangu has been in the special group in the late 60s and early 70s. And reading about this school was quite interesting to me. They have a hell of a history. Um, and I can see why people love them and rally around them. So they were officially founded in 1937. But they've been on a carnival scene apparently since 1889. And they were founded by employees of a now defunct fabric company. Which that same fabric company is also the one that was donating the fabrics to... Padre Miguel. And so the school had a lot of firsts. They were the first to be associated with a Fuchiball club, a football soccer club. They were the first to have an indoor quadra. And they were the first, if not, or they still hold this title, to send the youngest hyena jabateria to Sapakai. And at the time, she was seven years old. And this makes a lot of sense because their current hyena jibateria is like 13 or she's somewhere she's a really young girl and at first i was like that is interesting like there there is history of young women taking on this hyena role like haisa from beja floor who stepped down after 20 years she's like 30 <laughs> you know like she is very young think she became queen when she was like 12 or so so just seeing that Bangu has this history of young queens makes it a little more easier for me to understand their current choices and part of their history is bad management so apparently some bad management caused the school to lose all of its assets at one point and they eventually lost their original quadra. It was space owned by the fabric company and since the company was defunct when the school had bad management and financial issues, the building, the, the space, the land was returned back to the heirs of the fabric company. So they lost their quadra. And that old quadra, once it was returned to the heirs, was sold. So the school ended up not being active for 15 years. And that is wild. <laughs> and so they weren't active for 15 years. And then they ended up coming back on the scene. They rebuilt. They got some new management some support from the community, leadership, and energy, and they returned back to the Samba scene in 2012. So 
I thought that was interesting. I mean, it's a little bit of a beautiful story, right? Like a lot of times we, my friends and I will talk or we, we have our own thoughts around the regulation, the demotion of schools and going down to these smaller groups. You know, you're only as strong as your supporters because that's a form of currency and resources. And so when these schools tend to lose support or can't produce the same large numbers, it may be that a reality that they go to these lower divisions and eventually close up shop because it's, you know, they become too small. So to be able to return and then return in, in force in which you are back in Sapakai is nothing to to turn our nose up at. I believe I was reading that there is a belief amongst some of the community members that their mascot or their their symbol should be a phoenix because they rose from the ashes of a 15-year shutout. And I don't have an opinion either way, but I, I see the point that's being made by that. So if they ever do something with a phoenix, we will know why that is and why that matters. And so their plot for 2023 is titled So the vision of fire, the voice of thunder in the kingdom of oil. And this plot will be focused on Shango and the connection that he has with volcanoes and thunder. And so I imagine this is gonna be a lot about force and power and strength and everything that is connected to Shango um, and Orisha, an African Orisha. And it should be good. I mean, anytime a school, I'm biased, but anytime a school does an Afro-centered plot is good. It's always good. And let's move on. In the fourth spot on Saturday, the 18th, we have Encima da Hora, and they are located in Cavalcanti. And I think this is another school that I haven't heard anyone shorten the name, so that's just what they're called. Um, and they were founded on November 15th, 1959, so they're 62 years old. And their colors are peacock blue and white. And their madrina is Portella because Portella has a lot of children. So this school has been around since the 1930s, but formally became a school in 1959. And like many, many schools, like their original colors were green and white, but then it was changed to blue and white to honor their godmother, Portella. And they are also a school that their history is really in the second and third division of schools for most of their time of existence and they're growing and fighting their way and you know aiming for a grupo special and the name of the school it said that it came from a meeting when the school was being formed and the meeting went on so long that a member looked at his watch and was like, it's 3 a.m., I gotta go, y'all are tripping. And he stated, you know, he stated exactly that. And it just tickled everyone who was there because Encima de Hora means like at the top of the hour. It's really early. And that became the name. They was like, let's just go with it. So 
I don't know how true that is. That is what the internet streets say. Let's go with it. And so their theme for 2023 is Esperanza Presenci. And they're going to focus on Esperanza Garcia, who was an enslaved black woman in Brazil who is considered to be the first female lawyer in the state of Nazaré do Piau. I'm probably butchering that too. So I love a good woman-focused theme and you know a black woman makes my heart sing so let's see what they bring to the table so next up in fifth place we have unidos do porta da pedra and they are known as porta de pedra and they are located in sao goncalo which is past nitoroi it is very far how do i know because I went to the school since my dear, dear Chloe, aka Chloenia, was a Musa for them. So we went to go see her dance and it was far. It was, it was far. And so I will use this moment to reiterate that these community members, these school members, especially these pasistas and the battery, everyone, just everyone. They are coming from very far places oftentimes to participate. So there's a level of dedication because it was far. I'm just gonna keep stressing, it was far. They were founded in the greatest month of the entire universe, March. So they were founded on March 8th, 1978 and their colors are red and white. And their madrina is Unalda Ilya, the governador. And that's the second time we heard that school and we're getting to them, I promise. And so this is the first school that I came across where the foundation comes from a soccer club, a football club. And so in the 70s, there was a football club of the same name and the community decided that they should have a blocko to represent them and you know the community and so that later became a formal samba school in 1981 and I will say that I in my opinion I think this is definitely one of the schools to watch in this group they were the runner-up of 2022 of City Oru and I can promise you that they almost took that title Imperial Sahano had a bone to pick from 2020 so I knew it was going to be very hard to beat them because they spent the pandemic and all of the resources they could muster to bring a hell of a parade but like any wrong thing would have happened for Imperio Sahano Porto de Pedro would be in Grupo Especial right now. So I think Porto de Pedro has a little bit of an axe to grind. I think they're going to come hard. They seem very organized. Their parade was beautiful. And they're not going down without a fight. I, I will say that. So keep your eye on them. And for 2023, their plot is called An Invencial da Amazonia. So the invention of the Amazon. And it's going to honor a book by the same name in which the author, I think they were saying that the author never went to the Amazon, but still told all these amazing stories of the Amazon. And so they're using this parade to honor the Amazon and all of the authors that have taken the time to create these stories so that the mystics and the legends and just the beautiful just everything about the Amazon region and rainforest 
it can be shared with the greater world. So this tells me that Puerto de Pedro is getting ready to do a beautiful parade because this past one was beautiful. So keep your eyes on them. That is my prediction. Okay, are y'all still with me? <laughs> Next up in sixth place, we have Yunao da Ilha do Governador, also known as Yunao da Ilha. And it's located in Casua, Ilha do Governador, which is an island in the Rio area. Um, they were founded on March 7th, 1953, and their colors are red, white, and blue. And their godmother is none other than, say it with me, Portela. So similar to Porto de Pedra, Unada Ilia was founded in an effort to bring together a local football club and its fans. And so the school was formally founded in 1953 and originally named Escola de Samba Unau and adopted the colors of the, the football, the soccer team. Now, Portela is their godmother. And reading more about Ilya, I am learning that maybe after a certain point in history, each school, they needed the godmother to sponsor them and baptize them, which allowed them to formally parade. So I think I might have touched on that in the last episode, but it was definitely reading about this particular school that it solidified for me. Like, okay, your madrina is truly not only just your introduction into society in quotation marks, but it's like your requirement to help you get out there. And maybe that's why there's, you know, that's why there's such deep love there because it's like, you help me get my wings so I can fly and <laughs> cue uh, wind beneath my wings. But anyway, and, and so with that being said, I know I've been poking at Portella, but it makes sense that Portella is the madrina of so many schools because during the time of the, where these schools were founded in the 60s or whatever the case, Portella was at the height of their popularity. And remember, like, Portela was one of the schools that was dominating Carnival in wins. And I, th I think they had, I can't remember off the top of my head. Actually, I have notes. Y'all know I have an Excel sheet. I will tell you in one second. Yeah, Portela has 22 Carnival wins. So at the height of their popularity, who wouldn't want them to be their madrina? So it makes sense to me. It actually, like, now it's it's clear why you would want Mangueta and Portela mainly to be your madrina who doesn't want the popular girl to help usher you into society so that was a nice little <laughs> unexpected rant sorry about that but um, they were most recently in Grupo Especial between 2010 and 2020 and this year they placed third right after Puerto de Pedra. So I'm also going to say that this is another school that we should keep our eye on to see what they're going to do. I think they know what it's like to be in Grupo Especial. I don't know what the administration, what politics, like all of that. Maybe that's playing into like their regulation and why they haven't gone back up yet but their parade was really pretty this year their song was really nice and so I think that they are ready to rise back to Grupo Special and so between Puerto de Pedra, Ilia 
and another school I'll get to in a second in the Senshis I think because those three schools they came in second third and fourth they they were so close I think it's going to be hard for any of the other schools to really compete with them but we'll see and the way I'm thinking about this right now is okay so Porta de Pedra Unal de Ilia de Governador Innocentes de Belfort Holso it's three of them because again it came in second third fourth against Sal Clemente unless Sal Clemente is like oh we'll we'll come back in 2025 but if Sal Clemente comes out the gate strong I think those are the four schools that are going to be fighting for the top spot I could be wrong but let's see but that's that's my thoughts right now and so their 2023 plot is O Encontro das Aguias no Templo do Momo and the meeting of the eagles at Momo's temple. They are doing their parade to honor their godmother, their madrina, Portela. And if we remember in 2023, Portela is celebrating their centennial. And both schools share the mascot, the symbol of the eagle. And this is not uncommon. I shared on my stories recently that Salguero in 1972, their parade was honoring their madrina, Manguera. So it's not uncommon. It's It can feel weird, like you're really about to sing about another school during this competition. But again going back to like the role of a madrina school how important it is it you know there's a lot of honor and respect it's like thanking your elders for creating the space for you to even exist and on top of that portella is having their centennial year so we'll we're gonna see how this um how this plays out i think it's really nice that they're going to do that and yeah i'm excited in the penultimate spot we are almost there y'all so in the seventh spot on that saturday is imperio da tijuca and they are located in tijuca which is also if we remember the area of salguero and um, a few other schools and so they were founded on december 8th 1940 and their colors are green and white just given their age they don't have a madrina and one thing about this school is that a lot of these schools are called like the formal term that goes before their name is Gremio Hecrechivo Escola de Samba for example like Gremio Hecrechivo Escola de Samba Unidos Dabegu. And so it's like how they categorize themselves. And it loosely translates into like a creational school of samba. But Imperio Tijuca is the only school that's added the word education to that title. So it's like Gremio Recreativa Escola de Samba e Educação. Um, because education is very important to the, them as a school and their history and as something that they they talk about and they lean on they were also the first school to use the name imperio which means empire they were founded in 1940 as a result of the merger of two smaller schools Hecreio da Mocidade and Estrela da Shizuka so they were founded in the Mojo da Formiga 
which is a favela. The name of it translates to Ant Hill. So if you ever look at their Instagram and look at their, um, well, one, their mascot is an ant, <laughs> but it's a big ant. And if you ever look at their comment sections, usually you'll see like a green heart, a white heart, a crown, because that's part of their logo. And then you'll see an ant emoji. So that is that is how they like show their pride and they are a very old and respected school and they're cool they have a lot of history there their quadra is like literally like up a hill i appreciate the school they have a place in my heart because the last minute a spot opened up for me to be able to parade with them and i was really grateful uh to Gabriel Castro for opening up that ala, the international ala um, for me the last minute and I had a lot of fun um, and learned a lot and made some friends so they have a place in my heart and a lot of my friends paraded as mooses for them this past year and you should definitely check it out. This is definitely a school that is very open to international participants. So they, as I mentioned, they have an international ala for samba dancers and it's like 50, 60 people from all around the world who dance samba can parade with them. So that's a really cool experience. A lot of their mooses are international. And fun fact, so when I went to Rio in 2020, the girls I ended up being roommates with, we, we all met on WhatsApp. One of them had a friend who was a musa for In Paris Ajuka. So I was like learning about it back then. And I spent time going to their street ensayo. That was my first street ensayo. It rained like crazy. But that's actually how I like started to learn a bit more about the Musa role and international Musas because I ended up hanging out with about three or four of them that year. And so it was kind of like a full circle moment going back in 2022. And instead of watching the street ensayo, I was in the street in Sayo. And I love when moments like that happen. So, like I said, Imperial Tajuka has a, a place in my heart. In 2023, their theme is called Cores do Ache, so Colors of Ache. And they will be telling the story of the Afro-Brazilian religious universe from the work of the artist Carabe. I may be pronouncing that wrong. And this artist was an Argentinian artist, researcher, historian, and journalist who became a naturalized Brazilian and resident from 1949 until his death. So that should be interesting. Their artwork looks really cool. So I'm excited to see how this is going. Well, I'm excited about every parade. I just love parades. But I'm looking forward to seeing how this is going to look. We're almost there, y'all. Hold on. We are almost there. I hope this is the episode you decided to like bake bread or go on a road trip. Just thank you for holding on. And our last school to close out the gold series is Innocentes de Belfort Hosso. And they are located in the area of Belfort Hosso. And they were founded on July 11th, 1993. So they are very young. They are 29 years old. And they are also a tricolor school with red, white, and blue being their colors. 
And their madrina is, say it with me, Imperio Sahano. That was a trick question. Haha. <laughs> anyway, yes. So their madrina is Imperio Sahano, which, hey, I would actually like to learn the history of that. Um, I guess they're kind of close in regions geographically, but maybe not. But who knows? But that is their madrina. Just kidding. They are not, they are very far from Imperio Sahano. I'm looking at my notes. They are located in the same region as Beja Flor. Beja Flor is far, very far. And <laughs> Innocentes is a very, very young school. Like I said, it was founded in 1993, but they're succeeding an older school called Unidos da Matriz, which I scoured the internet and could not find too much information about this school. But I did go on YouTube and I found some inheritors dating back as far as the 1980s. So for Unidos da Matriz. So this community has been part of Carnival for at, at least 30 some odd years in some form of capacity. They've had a presence and they placed fourth and I'm pretty sure they're hoping to win next year. I don't know too much about the school, but I am excited to learn. Like I was mentioning earlier, this is definitely one of the schools that I'm watching because they, for all intents and purposes, they are a, a younger school, but they are doing really well. And I think fourth place is nothing to like turn your nose up at of course anything can happen but if they are keeping the momentum that they had from this past year and they seem organized they seem loved um, by their community if they are keeping this momentum then I think they're probably going to try and go for that top spot um, and so I'm, I'm excited their 2023 plot is Mujeres de Barro. Um, so it's about women artisans who make these pots out of clay. And um, it's gonna they're going to tell the story of the Penelorias de Goyaberas. Um, women artisans, like I said, so they're women artisans and they inherited this knowledge of making these clay pots from their ancestors and they've continued to make it in the same fashion for centuries. And this knowledge is passed on from generation to generation and it's a set of ancient techniques dating back at least 2,500 years. And it originated from the indigenous peoples of Brazil. So this is another woman focused plot, which you know I love, and it's focused on the indigenous side of Brazil, which is also really cool because we tend to talk about the Portuguese side, we talk about the, um, the African history, and then of course, like the indigenous population is integral to the story of Brazil. And they are often honored in carnival experiences by a lot of schools. So I'm excited to see what this is going to look like. And I'm, I'm also excited to learn. And with that being said, that was the final school. <laughs>
So thanks again for riding out on this episode. I know it's a bit long than I intended, but we did have 15 schools to get through and I still didn't even get a chance to talk about the two schools that were demoted in 2022. So I'm going to try and do that really quickly, but my brevity does not reflect the importance of the schools. Okay, so this recent carnival, Academicos do Cubango and Academicos de Santa Cruz, were two schools that were regulated to City Prato, um, Silver Series or Division Three, and this is a topic of conversation that I like. I can't give too much on because I don't know. I can only share what I saw, but I paraded with Cubango through Alex and the Padrosas, um, so we all paraded with Cubango. And Kubango had a decent parade. It wasn't. It was not terrible. It did not run over time. I don't think any floats broke down. It, for all intents and purposes, it was a good parade. Was it spectacular? Was it great? Maybe not. Was the Enherdu like the best? Um, it was beautiful, but was it a banger compared to like Imperial Sahanu or Puerto de Pedra? No. But it still was a beautiful parade, and they should have landed somewhere at most like eight or ninth place if if not higher but like somewhere around there and remember we're talking 15 spots they were ranked in the 15th spot so that essentially means it was like the worst with Santa Cruz coming in in a 14th spot and I I don't remember off the top of my head like what each school was dinged on um, to get the points taken off. So that was like a shock to everyone in the community. Even the other schools was like, hold on, something's not right here. Like what were these judges looking at and what was going on? Because I won't name names, but there was absolutely schools in this group that should have fallen and should have been regulated and they are standing strong and where they ranked is a mystery so if you know you know um if you don't know just hey so yeah there was a lot of outrage and the problem is you know like the judges they judge and then that's it um the decision is made and this is where some of like the dark side of carnival comes out a little bit and which can impact how things are received or seen or judged and so there was a lot of hurt feelings and you, I'm pretty sure it's still on their page it's like not a secret you can go to the Kubango page and scroll back and find the statement that they released after the scores were announced um, because it just did not make sense. I, I find that whenever the governing body, I'm forgetting their name, forgive me, but the governing body of this particular group of schools, because it's different from the special group, when news comes out about them, well, right now, the comment section is like, we can't we can't trust anything because what happened to Kubango? So that is a theme that you'll hear in the comment sections or hear people talk about. It's just like, what happened to Kubango and to Santa Cruz was despicable 
and there had to have been something else going on because it just does not make sense and it's not like the school is going to shut down that's not the case they're just being regulated to the third division and they now have to parade in um in in tendencies which is deeper in a city and they have to work their way back up to gold series so we're gonna watch what happens this you know this year but this is the nature of the beast somebody rises and someone falls but I think it hurts more when the people who fall never look like that should have been the case. So just wanted to like pay homage to both Cubango and Santa Cruz because we saw y'all. We saw the parade. We we paraded with you. Heck, we rehearsed with y'all. Like we, you know, we were there and um, what happened was unfortunate and I hope both schools can muster the energy and the strength and the resources to come back strong next year. With that being said, just really want to encourage everyone to get to know these schools like I mentioned at the top of the episode. We just talked about 15 here. We talked about 12 last week. So that alone, you now have an introduction into 27 schools and the reality is, sorry, 29 schools, including Cubango and Santa Cruz. Um, so you, we haven't even scratched the surface. There are hundreds of Samba schools. And again, like we're just talking about Rio. We haven't even dug into Sao Paulo. And so there's just so much to learn. So I hope, you know, this encourages you to look up a school, to learn a little more. Most importantly, if you are an international Sambista of, of any role, if you're dancing, if you're playing, if you are a flag bearer, whatever you are, if you are participating in Notting Hill Carnival, if you are participating in a carnival in Australia, whatever the case may be, it is important that we know the history and that we know who we are emulating and who we are paying homage to and honoring. And it also, you know, is important that you take the time to learn about these schools if you are going to train spend your hard-earned money travel train some more and parade with these schools it's a disservice to you and the school to not know a bit about their history no one's telling you to be a scholar but at minimum it takes you no time to go look up their wikipedia page or to do a google search or to follow them on instagram so you can get to know their history, their past in, in hairdos, their um, samba exotal, which is like their school song. It, it costs us nothing to do that research. And I will say that one of the things that grinded my gears whenever I'm in Rio is having people participate with these schools and knowing nothing about it getting ready to walk into Sapakai and and don't you don't know the song you know you didn't make an effort to try and learn the song you don't know the theme you know it's to me it's a bit disrespectful and I understand that that's me and I understand that there is an exchange of energy and and money and 
everyone has different motivations for why they are there and why they are doing these things and maybe to some of these schools they don't care that you don't know the history in the song like none of that matters they're just happy that you're there and that's fine too maybe it's just me having manners and growing up as a black woman like do you go to someone's house and you show up empty-handed even if they tell you it's okay to show up empty-handed do you still do that do you not bring some sort of offering whether it is even if it's the humblest thing like it's a small cookie or cake do you do you not do that if you do show up with some sort of offering into someone's house when you are a guest why would you not do the same thing when you are a guest in these schools and in these communities it doesn't mean you have to go crazy and treat them like they are poverty stricken and they need us to save them that's the exact opposite and that, that is a whole other conversation we can have but the reality is like it really cost us nothing to understand these schools a little bit and to do a little research you know before we step foot in their quadra so that was another little rant i'm sorry i'm not sorry and that um brings us to the end of this series and this episode and it's very very long and I do apologize about the time but I think this was all really good information and again I hope everyone really especially 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 us samba dancers we take the time to get to know this community because you can't honor and you can't respect what what you are unwilling to know and to learn about um so that is a hill that i am willing to die on and that's just where i stand so thanks again and stay tuned for the next episode as always let's chat more on instagram at buxy b-u-x-x-y so thanks again for listening to this week in carnival and never miss an episode by subscribing to the show on apple Podcasts, spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts Until next time, ciao, beijos, mwah!